Hey there, and welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast. My name is Hank, the digital pastor here at the Foundry Church. We just want to welcome you, whether you are a longtime member of the Foundry family community, if you're brand new checking us out, if you've been a Christian for a long time, or you're someone that's just starting to discover or rediscover what Christianity means to you, we're so glad that you are a part of this of our community and are able to join us today. Our series that we find ourselves in in this season is a series called Dive. We're diving into some really specific words and thoughts uh, of the Bible in their original language, original context, to discover their meaning and what they mean to our lives today. It's going to be exciting if you love word study, if you love understanding what it is that the text really means. Uh, We're really excited to be bringing you this topic and, and diving deeper into some of these themes. It's going to be really exciting. So our preaching team is so excited that you are here. So excited to be able to bring you this message today. And thanks again for checking us out here on our podcast. We love you guys. So grateful for you and enjoy our message today. Welcome. I am so very glad you're here, whether you're joining us in person or online. My name is Seth. This is The Foundry, and we're all about a better you and a better world. It's good to see all your smiling faces. Hey, thanks, Seth. You too. You guys are so so kind. Thank you for all of that enthusiasm. We are in week three of our series that we're calling Dive, where we're diving into some specific words found within the Bible, looking at some of the meanings, some of the connections behind all of this, and then like, how is it that this connects to our faith and how we live that out? We've been looking at the Shema, which is Deuteronomy 6 and following, and focus on just the, like, the couple verses at the beginning of that. And so in week one, we looked at the word Shema itself, which is to hear, which doesn't mean just to hear, but it means to listen and to respond, almost this obedience type of thought behind it. Last week, uh, Joe filled in and did a great job talking about the Lord and Yahweh, so big shout out to Joe. Thank you to him for that. You know, after... Uh, You guys all got here a little bit late today, and when I was seeing that there was nobody in here, like five minutes to start, I thought, shoot, they must have realized I was coming back, and it kind of hurt my feelings for a minute, but I'm glad you're here. I assume everybody else at home just is at home, and they're all watching, so I'm glad you guys are there too. Um, So then this week, we're going to move on from, we've done uh, here, we've done Lord, and today we're going to look at the word for heart. Okay, so we're going to watch the video and then kind of get into it a little bit. Take a look. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the third key word in this prayer, how Israel is called to love their God. But what does that mean? Love is a very common word in most languages, as it is in ancient Hebrew. It's pronounced ahava. It most basically refers to the kind of affection or care that one person shows another. It sometimes describes physical affection, like the king of Persia's love for Queen Esther. But there are other Hebrew words that more specifically refer to physical desire or sex. Ahava is more broad. 
So Abraham had Ahava for his son Isaac, that's parental love. Jonathan showed Ahava for his friend David, that would be brotherly love. In fact, a whole group of people can have Ahava for their leader, like when the Israelites showed love for their king David. Ahava can even describe loyalty between political allies, like Hiram, the king of Tyre, loved David. They had good relations, and so Hiram wanted to help David's son Solomon build the temple. These are all different kinds of affection described with the one word, Ahava. Now all of this is helpful for understanding God's Ahava in the Old Testament. So in Deuteronomy, Moses told the Israelites, God showed affection for you, he chose you, because of his Ahava for you. So God doesn't love because the Israelites earned it or deserve it. It simply originates from God's own character. He loves because he loves. This is why Jeremiah can say that God's love is everlasting. It has no end because it has no beginning. God's love just is an eternal fact of the universe. And God's love is not a duty. It's a genuine feeling, an affection that God experiences. This is why the prophet Hosea compares God's love for his people to a husband's ahava for his wife, or to a parent showing ahava for their child. It's one of the strongest things that God feels. But that doesn't mean that God's love is just a feeling. God's love is also an action. It's something God chooses to do. Like when Moses says, because of God's ahava for your ancestors, he brought you out of Egypt with great power. God's love isn't just a sentiment, it is something God does. And so in the Shema, Israel is called to respond to God's ahava by showing ahava in return. And just like God's love, human love is to show itself through actions. Like in Deuteronomy 10, what does the Lord your God ask of you except to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to love him and serve him and to keep his commands? All of these actions are centered around love. If I'm not doing them, I don't actually love God, I just say I do. Which leads to one last thing. In the Old Testament, I show my love for God by how I treat the people around me. In Deuteronomy, we read that God defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he shows ahava for the immigrants among you, giving them food and clothing. And so you also show ahava for the immigrants. So the people are to imitate God's ahava by showing ahava for others. This is the idea underneath the famous line, you shall ahava your neighbor as yourself. And so at the end of the day, all of this is rooted in God's own eternal ahava. Like we read in the New Testament letter of 1 John, we love because God first loved us. And that's the Hebrew word, ahava. Okay, now you're all caught up. You're all up to speed. Let's, uh, if you would, repeat with me this phrase, this verse. We've been doing this. Will you read this with me? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So today, we're talking about ahava. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Nope, that's next week. And soul and strength. I'm ahead. I'm one week ahead in my brain. Ahava the Lord with the entirety of your being. So what did we hear about this word? Well, there's different forms of, the, of this love, okay? We get it, we understand that. Uh, they said that God's love, God doesn't love us because we earn it. It's simply who God is. God is love. They said that God's love is an eternal fact of the universe, which I love that way of thinking. This is not a duty, but it's a genuine affection, which to me, by the way, is like, 
kind of an awesome thought. Sometimes I think we may say, oh, okay, uh, we understand God loves us, God loves me, that's great, I know it. But I really like that terminology, that God has this genuine affection towards me. It's kind of like the feeling that I have for my kids, right? Like when they do something cute or nice or sweet, maybe not all the time, but sometimes you get these like deep stirring emotions for like how much you love them and it's this kind of awesome thing. Like the other day, my wife uh, was looking through her phone, was looking at pictures, and she found this video of our youngest son, and it's, uh, she didn't know it was there. He just had recorded this video of himself, and so she sent it to me because we were both just like feeling all the warm fuzzies and laughing at the silliness of this kid. So I want, I want you to take a look at this and see this. I love you, baby. I'm so sorry, you. <laughs> like, what, what was that? Like, the kid is absolutely ridiculous. And I know it's not your kid, but I watch this, and I just am filled with a sense of joy, and it makes me smile, right? And, and I'm aware that, like, what you just witnessed was the preacher's kid singing, whoop, there it is. <laughs> I blame the school systems. As his dad, there's this deep sense of affection for this kid, this kid who just seems to love life. He just is who he is. He's just being himself. And I'm sure you've had these moments with your kids, with your grandkids, with your nieces, your nephews, your friends, somebody in this life. And so I think I I like this idea of thinking of God as having those kinds of deep personal feelings towards us. It's not just that God loves us because God is love and that's what God does. It's God having these genuine, personal affections towards each of us. In the video, they said God's love is not just a feeling, but that God's love invokes action. Let's look at this passage, Deuteronomy 4, 37. Because he loved your ancestors and chose their descendants after them, he brought you out of Egypt by his presence and by his great strength. So God's love is not just sentiment, It carries this response. It carries this action or this doing. So what we see in the Shema is that Israel's called to respond to God's love, God's ahava, by showing love in return. And just like God's love is revealed to his people through his actions, our love is to be poured out, put on display in the same manner. So the way that we show our love and devotion to God is by how we love one another, is by how we take action on behalf of each other. So basically, we are to imitate God's ahava by showing ahava to others, which sounds a lot like what Matthew 
22, where Jesus asks, what's the greatest law? And he says, love God. And then he says, the second is like it, love people. So God is love. We respond to God's love by loving God in return. And the way we show that love for God is by taking care of God's children. John sums it up this way in 1 John. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Jesus says it this way in John's gospel. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. Okay, so now here's my question. Is there anyone in here that didn't know this? already? Like, is, is there anyone in here that hasn't heard or didn't know that God is love? Is there anyone in here that hasn't heard or didn't know that you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself? Is there anyone in here that didn't know that the way that I show my love for God is by loving God's creation and God's children? Especially here at the Foundry, like, when I was thinking about this message, I thought, you know, we, we know this. We, we know this. We've heard this. You've heard this a thousand times. I've said this a thousand times. Do we really need another message on love God, love people? To which I think the answer is actually yes. Yes, we do. We always need this. This is like very similar to the reason why the, the, the Jewish people recite the Shema twice a day because we need this constant reminding. But because I know you know this already, and because I know you've heard all this before, I thought maybe what we need today is not like a bunch of more information. Maybe what we need is some motivation. Maybe we need some inspiration. Maybe we need some aspirations. So today I want to bypass the head a little bit and get to like the heart because I truly believe that if we actually live in a way that we are loving God and loving people the way that we have been called to, I believe it will in fact bring heaven to earth. And I really do believe that the world can be changed through it. So let's start with a little video. This, you may be familiar with, this is a bit old, but I, I still think it's relevant for today and for what we're gonna do. Uh, but it's the kid president. Do you remember the kid president? This is from like 2013, so a few years ago. I want you to uh, watch the kid president for a minute. He's pretty awesome. And uh, let's, let's have a look at what he has to say. There are lots of ideas how you can change the world. Some people think you should just complain about it. I won't change the world, they'll just make it mad. Some people think you have to have lots of money money. Make it rain everywhere you go. <laughs> Holla for a dollar. Some people think you have to be really loud and yell a lot. It's like with a bullhorn shouting. Hey you, yeah you, do it my way right now. You heard? Other people choose to just make fun of everything. That's dumb, that's dumb, everyone's dumb. It's easy to make fun of stuff, but it's cooler to make stuff. Some people think changing the world can only be done by the smartest person in the world. Just put them in a room, let them figure it out. The solution of world hunger? Food. Wow, that was like so amazing. Some people see the bad in the world and they just decide to ignore it. 
but that won't help anything. Some people will think you have to be really famous and super cool. In fact, lots of people think you have to be really powerful to make a difference, like being mayor or senator or president. But the truth is, a title doesn't make you more important. The world is changed by you. It's one person filled with love. And they just have to live it out so they do something awesome. Then that person is filled with love and they do something awesome. It just goes on and on and on and on. And the next thing you know, everything's awesome. Some people think it's impossible to change the world. It's impossible to change the world. Well, you can see why they could think that. Living in the world with kids who are hungry, people who are homeless, families weren't happy. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else, man. But I do know this, though. Next time you feel overwhelmed or totally alone, remember this. Things don't have to be the way they are. The world is changed by ordinary people. Little people living out big love. And that's what gives the world a reason to do. So, how do we change the world? At the start of this year, I asked all you guys to make the year more awesome. Time to be awesome as now. Make this year awesome for somebody else. Whether it's helping the homeless with October, throwing a parade for somebody, or giving an inspired gift. You can see my holiday gift guide by clicking here. You help prove that the internet can be an awesome place. Thank you, but we're not done yet. <laughs> How great is that kid? What, what did you hear him say? Because we should all live our lives according to a six-year-old. Um, he said, the way we change the world is by one person filled with love who just has to live it out. And so they do something awesome. What is that if that is not ahava? It's a feeling. It's an action. And it doesn't have to be this over-the-top thing. Like, what did they talk about? They talked about a sock drive. A sock drive isn't going to change the world, but it is going to be this small, tangible act of love that somebody will experience. Right? And then he says that, that the world is changed by ordinary people. I love the line he said, little people living out big love. And that's what gives the world a reason to dance. I, I love that. I, I feel like this should be like our church motto or our life motto, like just a little person trying to live out big love. Or, or maybe we make this like our, our, our church thing. What are, what are you guys about? We just want to make the world, give the world a reason to dance, right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Seth. This is the Foundry, where we're all about giving the world a reason to dance, right? Like, that would be awesome. I think maybe we're going to change our whole slogan. Uh, we're going to call this place the dance floor. Um, this is Ahava. This is love God, love people. This is uh, doing what I can to help those around me so it doesn't have to be this giant over-the-top thing. It's just these everyday acts of love and kindness and support for God's children. Okay? Now, if you're still not sure what it looks like, or if you're still not sure the impact that love can have in changing our world, let me show you another one. Take a look at this.
Oh, man, you gotta get in there too. That is so awesome. I told you it's gonna be a little emotional. Hey, now that just tells you how beautiful the world you have. God, I like to see you first time, right? How you doing, buddy? I got you, I got you. Let's do it, let's do it. Okay. It's for you, man. Of course. All right, buddy. did you see? What do I hear? A lot of sniffling. Little people <laughs> living out big love. The tears that you are wiping away from your face, that is your soul dancing. That is the soul dancing because when you see loved, love carried out in this real and tangible way, you can't help but be caught up in it. Love God, love people. And by loving people, you are, in fact, loving God. And by living in love, you're giving the world a reason to dance. John 4, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What did you see in all those little moments? The ahava of one person to another. This is how Christ, I believe, loves us as well. Let me give you one more. Take a look. And Frank said, 
something like how wonderful it is that anybody can make the world a better place anytime. If you wake up in the morning and you say, well, what am I supposed to do today? How can I help? I'm the dear you know, there's nothing nicer than to make people laugh. I love it. Wow, what a great thing <laughs> to be able to do that, to be able to be of use and of service, and at the same time, it feels good to me to do it. Everything that goes on in this world is an opportunity for you as a human being to reflect and to then decide, am I going to be the up level? or am I going to pull it down? And I want to be an up-level. I want to walk into a space and leave it better than when I arrived there as my way of helping. Everyone has something and some way of being and something to give. I have visited this year so far five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. I've knitted 25 jerseys so far this year. But when the jersey's finished, then I walk around where I know there's a, a busy outlet, you know, and I'll see somebody with a baby. You want a jersey? And they'll say, but I haven't got money for it. I said, no, 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 you can have it. It's for you, it's a gift. It's wonderful to be able to give something to somebody that that's, nobody's given them anything really in life. And here I am giving them a jersey, a little jersey for their baby. And you meant leave us for Kanakis. What I do, which I love and it's kept me going and enthusiastic, I joined this group of people who think they can still sing and think they can still dance, and they're elderly. <laughs> and every week we go to a different retirement home, and we entertain the oldies. Senior citizens. 
It's a pleasure to do. It's nice being on the stage. I'm the only one who does, what do they call me, a stand-up comedian? <laughs> I make them laugh and I can really connect with the audience, which is enriching for them and for me. You know, because I feel as if I've done something. In helping, in, in trying to be of use to this world, it brings a lot of meaning and a lot of connection. It's a way of being able to speak a language other than one that's verbal or words, and say things that we may not be able to say when we speak words. In every interaction and encounter that you have, how do you listen to it and in some way the choice of words that you have or the action that you take is the most uplifting act. And to look for it not only in the big things, but in how I greet the person that I first see when I walk into my office. And feeling into that person going, it feels like they might be a little bit sad and maybe they need a hug. Something as simple as that. Start at home, you know, look around at your family and go, how can I help my dad? How can I help my mom? And then just grow your family and your neighbors and then the neighbor's neighbors and then like the community next door yours. And, and so there's lots of opportunity to be helpful. is hard we become pessimistic but actually if we believe in something positive and then it's going to be better we will make it better because we take action to make it better I wanted to be more useful use my life in a valuable way through teaching origami, I create bond with the children. I want them to have um, the sense of hope that they can do something with their own lives. They are part of something good, something better, something uh, valuable. When service is done well, it ends up being two people meeting and that connection becomes what helps. It's very, very difficult to explain why in words because it's a very, very palpable feeling though. You feel that you're part of something bigger. When you open up to that, then you open up to a much broader experience of, of what helping really is. What you receive is just wonderful. You don't receive it in money or in anything, just the pleasure of seeing their faces. You pull from the liquor. I see the full round on you. I have to hide. You pull from the prayer of Allah.
I don't try fix this world. If that was my mission, to feel like what I give and do is less than a drop in the ocean of what is needed and required. But I trust that there's other people out there that are also doing. We have a tradition in Japan. When somebody is sick, we make 1,000 cranes to wish him or her well. What I've learned is that we do a bit by bit. If everybody does a little bit, we can make a difference. So not one person doing 1,000 cranes, but if 100 people, it's only 10 each. So then we can make the world better. If 1,000 people, one crane in 1,000 cranes. So that's a collective effort, and I think I believe in that. I do it because it helps. It always helps. Some way, I don't know, we child, we my little jersey tonight. Now that's what I like. The belangrijkste die liefde wat je hebt. Je moet de rechte liefde in je water. It's to move from the dark to the light. Wherever I go, make it better. Every day, little by little. You don't need one person making a thousand grains. You need a hundred people making ten of them. We, we need more everyday people. Little people living out big love through small deeds. You know, later in 1 John chapter 4, John says, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And then he says, there is no fear in love. He says, perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. You know, the more and more and more that I study the Bible, the more and more I peel back the layers on God's instructions for us, the more and more I am absolutely convinced that the purpose of all of God's instructions, all of God's continual call to obedience is not because God is some sort of control freak. It's not because God is so mighty and so full of God's self that God alone must be worshiped. It's not because God is demanding it's not because he's requiring us to pass a test. It's not about the rules. It's not about the rule following. It's not about some sort of eternal or else. It's about how God, how love desires more for you. It's about how God, how love wants better for you. It's about you having a deeper 
more meaningful, more fulfilling experience in your life. It's about you having a reason to dance and then giving the world a reason to dance as well. Ahava, love the Lord your God with all of your being. Love your neighbor as yourself and give the world a reason to dance. When I think about, I watch these, you know, watch these videos, you know, you hear a message like this. The thing that wells up inside of me is all of the self-doubt, all of the ways that we feel like, how, how we would love to participate in sharing love like that, how we would love to be a part of creating something, some, some meaningful change but there's all this self-doubt. Am I really gonna be able to, to do that? Am, am I really gonna be able to step into that? Am I really going to be able to make a difference? I just wanna encourage us as a community together as we talk about this ahava, this love. It requires boldness. It requires us to be willing to, to take a step of faith and it requires us to be able to put away some of that self-doubt. Can I encourage you this morning? The only one who puts those labels on you, the only one who gives you that, that self-doubt is yourself. It doesn't matter what's, what's happened to you in your past, what you're going through in this season, what it is that you have experienced that makes you feel less than. None of that matters. Let's put that away. Let's wear that boldness. Let's step into this powerful, powerful invitation that we've been given by the creator of the universe to partner with him in sharing that love in giving the world a reason to dance. Each of us have our own ministry assignment, our own area of influence that we could take this message of hope and love that no one else can that's a powerful thing. So what does that mean for us? It means that we have an, an obligation and an assignment to each other. I think if we pulled the room, did a raise of hands, each of us in one way or another experiences the self-doubt. So as we move into response time, let's get into the practice of, of speaking love, speaking life over one another calling out the, the ahava that you see in, in each other, in the people around you. And together as a church, when we talk about a better you and a better world, I can't think of a better picture. When we call out that love, when we help raise that to the surface of our own self-identity, of our own experience, of our own expression, when we do that, we'll be able to see the world change. And that's exciting. We're moving into our time of response. We have uh, prayer partners. They'll be around the room. Uh, if, you have, if you have someone that you just need to encourage uh, you and pray with you and to help take those burdens off of your shoulders, 
We've got one of our elders, Kevin Hypes, over here by the cross. He would love to pray with you and for you. We've got Miss Carla over here by the prayer wall. She would love to pray with you and for you. And if you're online, we'll have instructions on the screen here in just a moment of where you can share your prayer requests with us here at the Foundry. There are the staff and the elders. We would love to respond to you online and pray with you in that way as well. Like we just talked about, this love is an invitation. An invitation that started when Christ came to this earth to know you and me and die on the cross so that we could enter into a relationship with him. We, we commemorate that and we honor that sacrifice every single Sunday with the taking of communion. Those guys are, are in, on the sides of the room as well. You can go and participate in communion with us. And if you're online, you'll be able to participate in communion at home. But I want us just to take a second, before we go back into this world, before we get busy, before life starts hitting us in the face, once we walk out of these doors, let's do the work. Let's put away that self-doubt. Let's think of the people who we can ahava this week. The people who are expressions of that, that we can call out, that we can celebrate, so that we can continue to cultivate this ahava, this love, and create the better you and the better world that we talk about here at the Foundry. I'm gonna pray for us. Whether you're here in the room or joining us online, I would love if you bow your heads and pray with me as we move into response time. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your sacrifice, for your desire to know us. We thank you for inviting us to participate with you in sharing your love, this ahava we experience in the world. What a privilege, what an honor. Lord, help us to be able to not limit ourselves. Give us boldness and give us courage to put away the, the limiting factors that we put on ourselves. Help us to see us the way that you see us, as your children, as a vessel of this love. And give us the boldness to call that out, to speak life, speak love, speak encouragement and edification over our brothers and sisters, over people in our life, in our work, wherever it is. Give us eyes to see the ahava that you have created. As we take a moment to reflect and respond to what you've laid on our hearts, Help us to leave here more bold, more courageous, more acknowledging of you and your love in our life. And Lord, let us accept that invitation. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much again for joining us here on the Foundry Church Podcast. As we wrap up today, a couple other things we want you to know. Hey, if you want to learn more about our community and what it means when we say things like better you, better world, and reclaiming God's intended reality, we would love for you to head to our website. You can find that in the show notes, or you can visit us at thefoundry, the letter C, dot org. And if you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear your thoughts, hear your commentary, hear anything that you would like to say. You can send us an email, info at thefoundryc.org. We would love to be able to hear from you if this message touched you or reached you or if you're in need of prayer. That's a great way to reach out to our staff, our team 
here at the Foundry Church. We're grateful that you guys are here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you really liked it and if you really enjoyed it, a rating or a share would mean a lot to us as we continue to try to expand our community, our mission, and our vision. Thanks so much. We hope you enjoy it. And again, for all of us here at the Foundry Church, my name is Hank Taylor, the digital pastor here at the Foundry, and we'll see you next time on the Foundry Church Podcast. Take care. Thank you.